Are you still shopping the old-fashioned way? Well, then buzz on over to bzid.com. Bezid is your number one online auction source for brand name new items from companies like Apple, Sony, Canon, Dyson, Samsung, and more at discounts of 75, 85, and 99% off retail. Go to bzid.com and use the offer code VIP and get three bids for the price of one. That's offer code VIP to get three bids for the price of one. Go to bzid.com, B-E-E-Z-I-D.com, bzid.com. You're listening to the House of Cards, the voice of gaming in New Jersey, on AM 1360 WNJC. You know what cheers me up? What? Rolled up aces over kings. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The House of Cards. Today, the game is different. With author and professional poker player Ashley Adams. Okay, you have some skill. Hello, listeners. Welcome to House of Cards. This is Ashley Adams, your eager host for this broadcast. We have two guests. First, on a personal level, is somebody I'm really glad that we are having on. Her name is Danielle Gomes. She's the daughter of Dennis Gomes. She is the sister of Aaron Gomes, and she is, in her own right, a great author. She's just written a new book called Hit Me, Fighting the Las Vegas Mob by the Numbers, which is the story of of her dad's auditing and proving of the mob's influence in Las Vegas in the 1970s. It's a great read. I just finished it, and uh, we're going to have her talking about the book and her dad. We've had her brother Aaron on in the past. He ran Resorts Casino in uh, in Atlantic City. And then we're going to have, I think you will enjoy him. He is self-described as the average Joe. His name is Joe Palumbo. He has written a short text called Texas Hold'em, New Formula, and it purports to be a way of seeing sequences when you play that you can then take advantage of and uh, beat the other players by improving your odds by knowing what the flop will hold. And then, of course, we'll have a mailbag segment. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyon, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's jerseymanmagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration. Plus, a free extra gift so sensual, we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type BABE16 for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code BABE16 at adamandeve.com. Are you still shopping the old-fashioned way? Well, then buzz on over to bzid.com. 
Bizid is your number one online auction source for brand name new items from companies like Apple, Sony, Canon, Dyson, Samsung, and more at discounts of 75, 85, and 99% off retail. Go to Bizid.com and use the offer code VIP and get three bids for the price of one. That's offer code VIP to get three bids for the price of one. Go to Bizid.com. B-E-E-Z-I-D.com. Bizid.com. You're listening to the House of Cards, the voice of gaming in New Jersey. Follow the show on Twitter at HOC Radio. You're listening to the House of Cards. Our favorite thing was to beat some young hotshot. Some jerk who dominated his home poker game and thought he could make a living playing. And the great thing for us was that Texas Hold'em was such an easy game. You get two private cards, five others are dealt up. Whoever makes the best five-card hand wins. Piece of cake. And more showed up every day to prove they had it not. It was a beast. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. Uh, we have a very special guest with us now. Uh, it is Danielle Gomes, who's written a wonderful book that I just finished today. It's called Hit Me. Uh, for those of you who are not familiar with the Gomes name, uh, Danielle is the daughter of the late Dennis Gomes, who was a major player both behind the scenes as somebody who audited uh, casino operators in Las Vegas in the 70s and then who later in his career ended up running a casino, Resorts Casino. She's also the sister of Aaron Gomes, whom we've had on as a guest on this show, who's also a a major player in the gaming industry. So without any delay, I'd just like to introduce her. Danielle, are you there? I'm here. Thank you for having me on. Well, I'm really happy to have you on. Your dad was uh, one of the very positive people, I think, one of the good role models in the gaming industry. There are certainly a lot of bad role models that have come out of the gaming industry. He was one of the forces for good. And this book was, uh, I won't say it was a revelation for me, because I knew something about your dad's past, but it was wonderful in bringing out a lot of the details. And I was hoping you could share with our listeners, without you know giving away too much, uh, some of the stories that are contained in here that you have... Uh, given people to read about? Sure. The reason that my dad and I really wanted to tell his story was because so many people are familiar with the story, especially with the movie and the book Casino. I mean, it's it's if you're into gaming or if you're into mods, then you know the story of Casino. But my dad really wanted to tell his side of it to really tell the truth and bring that to light. And because it wasn't I mean, in the movie Casino, they show the FBI, and it's very into hardened investigations. But really what disclosed the skim was a lot of technical mathematics, really, and raids. And, you know, he he was brave, and he went in one night and through math and formulas was able to prove that they were skimming millions of dollars. Well, here's here's what I don't get, and I read through all the stories. Your dad, I, I won't say single-handedly because he had a good team of people uh, in the auditing division, but he headed it up. He uncovered absolute, clear, uncontrovertible evidence in the early 70s of illegal mob-connected activity at Zimba's Casino, Bally's, the Aladdin, the Trop, the Stardust, the Argent Corporation. Uh, he didn't go into you didn't go into much detail about Caesars, but I suspect you found it there too because you said that there was some stuff that they, yes, mm-hmm. all those places. This is in the early 70s, 73, 74, 75, and let, might have my dates slightly mixed, mixed up. But what struck me as outrageous is that, with a few exceptions of slaps on the wrist here and there, nothing was done. Nothing. These guys weren't closed down. They weren't kicked out. Some of them left voluntarily. They. You know, it's an interesting picture that you paint of somewhat old and decrepit people who were there, and uh, I don't feel any sympathy for them. But what's your take on why nothing happened? I think, I think it. I mean, it's no secret that organized crime really cre- built the gaming industry. 
So I think in the 70s, when Las Vegas was doing so well, the political powerhouses wanted to make sure that it stayed doing well. And I think they enjoyed the relationship they had. And I really don't think they wanted anything to change. So, so and my dad, if you um, read in the bibliography or any of the sources, my dad, along with Dick Law, wrote um, a manuscript right after, a few years after all the investigations. It was almost like a diary kind of manuscript, and they titled it The Ostrich Conspiracy. And I think, you know, the whole state of Nevada just wanted to bury their head in the sand, and they wanted everything to keep, you know, bringing the money in, and they wanted things to stay the same, and they enjoyed things how they were, regardless of what was being funded. So why did they even have your dad do what he did, which was to investigate? Why did they even bother with that? It was going fine. Uh, it wasn't much. Their cover story was, oh, all the uh, organized crime influences were rooted out in the 50s. Uh, why did they even bother with the charade? I don't think anyone expected my dad to be so aggressive. I mean, he was really young. He was about 26, 27 years old. So I really don't think they expected him to be as aggressive as he was. I see. Well, then let me ask you another question. And there are some unanswered questions for me, big questions in your father's life and in the life of gambling in Las Vegas. The first question is may have to be speculation on your part, but after your dad got out of the industry in the late 70s, stopped the investigations, went on to move, went moved to do other things. Uh, eventually, the mob was rooted out of the casinos in Las Vegas. At least <laughs> that's what I believe has happened. Why do you think it eventually happened, since it wasn't because of these audits that your dad aggressively pursued? I think corporations came in, like big big businesses came in, and they pushed, you know, organized crime out. I think once they saw, you know, how much profit could be made from a casino, and the corporations came in, and there was no room for these guys that were skimming money in the back coin, coin count rooms. So the big corporations had more clout than the state or the federal law enforcement people. Is that it? That's my opinion. Does anybody disagree with you? Are there any other analyses, uh, analyses that have any other causes that you know of? Not that I've come across. Uh, I know Howard Hughes gets credited a lot. And also my dad did lay some, I mean, he changed some rules and he changed some laws. So he did make it more difficult for organized crime. And he, he also went into the business, and he, I think, did more to clean up the industry from the inside than, you know, when he was in law enforcement. Well, that is a chapter that is not written into this book, and I was hoping you could explore a little with our listeners. Why did he end up going, I wouldn't say to the other side, because the other side was organized crime, but why did he go into managing uh, casinos? He was uh, very successful at it. He, I, I met him, or I talked to him when he was at resorts in Atlantic City, why did he make the change? This is I'm glad you brought this up. This is what I'd love to do the second book about. But it's once he got so fed up with the political corruption and all of the politics he had to deal with, he couldn't really, he wanted to get out. And he went back to Las Vegas. He really didn't know what he was going to do. And Major Riddle contacted him and offered him a position and convinced him that he would have free reign. He just wanted because my dad had become, you know, a foremost expert in casino controls, and he wanted to have him help get his casino and his, his company in, into line. And so my dad decided to take the job. He had a family to support. He really didn't know what else to do. And he discovered that, you know, he had a real talent for it and really enjoyed it. What was Major Riddle's uh, corporation? I know that he was a huge, bad poker player. But what, which casino he did he have? Yeah, that, he was famous and for funding the game. He used to, yeah, that's a funny thing. When um, my dad, he had the Silverbird, um, oh, the right. Thunderbird, and I think the Silver Nugget. But he used to play these poker games, and he was he was terrible. But he played with all some really really great guys, and he also played with Tony Spilatro, who uh, right. when my dad was working for him, and then he came back. He was um, vice president and treasurer for Major Riddle's casinos. So Spilatro was still around for a while. So stay tuned. We'll be back after a break.
Hi, listeners. This is Ashley Adams, professional poker player, author, and host of House of Cards. You can all, wherever you're listening to our show, we're now blanketing the United States. You can send in your questions or comments about the show to info at houseofcardsradio.com. And you can also get our tweets on Twitter at www.twitter.com slash hocradio. Info at houseofcardsradio.com and www.twitter.com slash HOC Radio. The key to winning poker is knowledge. And winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by World Series of Poker veteran Ashley Adams, can give you that knowledge. Cash games, small tournaments. Whether you're a seasoned player, a novice, or just find yourself losing more often than you win, winning No Limit Hold'em can show every type of player how to consistently win at the game of No Limit Hold'em. You know it's been said that winning isn't everything, but it sure feels a whole lot better than losing. Get winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by Ashley Adams, and start winning today. Now available at Amazon.com and wherever great books are sold. Check-raising stupid tourists and taking huge pots off them. Yeah? Stacks and towers of checks I can't even see over. Playing all night, high limit, hold them into Taj, where the sand turns to gold. Okay, let's go. Don't tease me. Let's play some cards. This is House of Cards Radio with Ashley Adams. They're playing poker! Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. Uh, listeners, for those of you who just tuned in or who may have forgotten, we're talking to Danielle Gomes, who's the author of Hit Me, uh, about her dad, uh, Dennis Gomes. Tell me what your exposure has been to the gaming industry. Other than writing this book and talking to people, Have you? did you grow up in it? Did you have a job in it ever? Did you uh, meet any of these big uh, gambler types when you were a child? I, I, you could probably say that I pretty much grew up in a casino. When I was two, I would spend time with my dad at work, and my dad always had, he had five kids, and we were always with him. So, you know, we'd go in for dinner from the time I was a baby on. And at, from the time I was 16 on, every summer I had a job in a casino. I started as a lifeguard and then went into hotel sales for a little bit. I worked front desk, and I eventually worked in casino marketing for a little while. Which casinos were you closest to? Trump Marina, I worked at. That was when I did casino marketing. I worked at Tropicana in New Jersey and in Las Vegas. Well, are you, you're not in the gambling industry per se now, are you? You're a writer. No. Nope, not anymore. So you've been very close to it. You've seen it. You've seen it uh, in its ugliest and its most beautiful What's your opinion about the unbelievable growth of casino gambling in the United States? I I think it's everywhere now and I think I think it's because it's an entertaining, it's fun, it's you know, I think it's good that it's everywhere, but places like Atlantic City they really need to, you know, figure out the next step so that they can stay a little bit ahead of the game. What what do you think the next step would be? Well, I really think Atlantic City needs to pull on more of the entertainment. I mean, we have these beautiful beaches, and I think Atlantic City should really utilize that, clean up the city, and make it more of a destination. More and like Las Vegas. Internet gambling. Mm-hmm. Are you are you in favor of internet gambling? Uh, I for the city, yes. I'm just not sure. And my dad had the same opinion. He believed it would be good for the city, and the city needed it. He just worried about some, I guess, moral issues. Like like what? I mean like the easy access to people that yeah. are addicted to gambling? Right. Yeah, a slot machine in every bedroom, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, your dad was an, was an ethical guy. I, I had one last series of questions I wanted to ask you that you also don't touch on, maybe because there's nothing to tell. But your dad was auditing figures in the mob, and yet there's nothing in your book, at least you know, I read it relatively quickly, I may have missed a story here or there, about physical threats against him and you, his family. Did you ever feel threatened or endangered? Did they ever ship you off to the uh, Adirondacks to escape any risk of people retaliating against your dad for the work that he was doing? Uh, 
Well, I wasn't born yet, but the stories that my dad always told me from the time I was little was he said that the mob, organized crime, had a pretty strong set of guidelines or rules. And it was very difficult to threaten or to bring harm to law enforcement because it would attract too much bad attention, especially someone like my dad that was very much on, like, a political side of, I guess, law enforcement. So I don't think he really received threats. Um, the one funny thing is, and it's just I briefly mention it in the book, but following the Family Secrets mob trial, when we came back, a sailboat pulled up to my parents' house and docked, you know, 20 feet off of their dock in the back with one guy in a suit, and he just stayed there for weeks which had never, ever happened before, and it hasn't happened since then. And I don't know if we were just scared from <laughs> being at the trial or if it was something else. But Wow, interesting. Um, before you go, I was hoping you could share with our listeners maybe your favorite or one story, at least, of your dad's investigation, something that you think highlights the uh, interesting stories that are in the book. Any particular one, whether it's the... Uh, Bally's or the or Aladdin or Circus Circus or Zimba's, one that you could summarize and let our listeners know a little bit about what's inside? I do love the Zimba's, but I would have to say my favorite story is his Tropicana investigation because uh, his relationship with Joe Augusto and how he met my mom. He was set up on a blind date, and my mom happened to be a dancer working for Joe Augusto. And Joe Augusto was a mobster that was representing the mobs. He was, I guess, the mob's inside guy overseeing the skim at the Tropicana. And the way they brought him in was they sold him the Follies, and then he leased it back. But my dad caught him actually operating the Tropicana. But during all of this, my mom was a dancer in the Follies. An incredible dancer, right? I mean, I've seen pictures of her. She was drop-dead gorgeous. Yes, she was. She danced for Liberace, um, you know, every famous um, rat pack. She, Lucille Ball, she was, you know, an incredible dancer. Huh. And uh, what did he end up catching? How did he end up catching them doing what they were doing? Well, he had an informant that wanted to get into the casino business, and he was, um, an organized crime member, and he told my dad that in exchange for information, he wanted a casino license. So he called my dad one day and said, you know, if you go over right now, you'll catch Joe Augusto signing checks as someone else. So my dad drove over, caught him, and he admitted that. Uh, you know, he was, in fact, that's great operating the casino on behalf of someone else, of course, he said, but... So do you think there's going to be a Chapter 2, both covering your dad's life and what happened to casinos, perhaps, in Las Vegas after this period? I would love to do another book, definitely. Well, we'd love to have you on to uh, to talk about it. I want to just tell our listeners again, we've been talking to Danielle Gomes, who with uh, co-writer Jay Bonansinga, is, do I have it right, Bonansinga? Yep, that's correct. They've written a book called Hit Me. Fighting the Las Vegas Mob by the Numbers, which is the story of Dennis Gomes and the auditing in the 1970s of the casinos, discovering the uh, previously hidden connections between the mob and the Las Vegas casinos. It's a wonderful read. I read it in about five hours. I couldn't put it down. I, I'm going to confess I even read it at stop stoplights while I was driving in between two places because I didn't want I didn't want to put the book down. It's a great read, and uh, your dad was a great man, and I, I'm very glad that we got to have you on. And I'm, I'm sincere in saying that when you do the next book, or even if it's just an article that gets published, we'd love to have you back on again, Danielle. Thank you so much. All right, listeners. I'm glad you enjoyed the book. Well, I did, and again, thank you. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with our next guest. Hey, Jersey, we want to hear from you. Send us an email at info at houseofcardsradio.com or leave a message at our hotline at 609-474-4627. 
Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyon, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's jerseymanmagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. Are you or a loved one currently suffering from arthritis, COPD, or other chronic conditions and can't get relief from current treatments? If so, there may be another option. Local physicians are conducting research studies in your area today, and you may be eligible to receive up to $1,300 in compensation for participation. These studies are confidential and are taking place for a limited time. Call 855-912-PAIN, 855-912-PAIN today to see if you qualify. Health insurance is not required. Call 855-912-7246. Hey, this is Dave Weishadol from House of Cards with your House of Cards gaming report for the week of February 3rd, 2014. A bit of history was made last week in Las Vegas. For the first time, two hotel casinos will start accepting Bitcoin in lieu of cash. The D Las Vegas Casino Hotel and the Golden Gate Hotel and Casino have started accepting the digital currency. Bitcoin will be accepted at five locations throughout the two properties, but not yet on the gambling floor. The Golden Gate Hotel Casino is one of the oldest casinos in Vegas, and they still have the original catwalks over the casino floor where spotters can look for cheating. The Philadelphia Inquirer is reporting that the Pennsylvania legislature is expected to debate measures that will expand lottery gambling and possibly legalize online gaming. Pennsylvania could be facing at least a $1.2 billion budget gap for the coming fiscal year, and many feel that expanding gambling can raise money quickly. Earlier this year, Governor Tom Corbett signed a law that expanded gaming by allowing small games of chance in bars and restaurants. And finally, an update on a story we did last week. You may remember that the Borgata had to cancel a tournament in their Winter Poker Open when counterfeit chips were discovered. Well, authorities arrested Christian Lusardi of North Carolina for the crime. Lusardi was arrested in his Atlantic City motel room where he apparently tried to stuff fake chips in the toilet. This is one case where a flush did not help a poker player. Have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation? Send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HOC Radio. The key to winning poker is knowledge. And winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by World Series of Poker veteran Ashley Adams, can give you that knowledge. Cash games, small tournaments. Whether you're a seasoned player, a novice, or just find yourself losing more often than you win, winning No Limit Hold'em can show every type of player how to consistently win at the game of No Limit Hold'em. You know it's been said that winning isn't everything, but it sure feels a whole lot better than losing. Get winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by Ashley Adams, and start winning today. Now available at Amazon.com and wherever great books are sold. You're listening to the House of Cards. How lucky you are. With Ashley Adams. I'm kind of a big deal. People know me. Who the hell do you think you are? Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. We have a poker book author. He's a first-time author, not your typical professional poker player who is uh, experienced, but somebody who is an amateur, self-confessed amateur player who has written a book called Texas Hold'em, New Formula, where he claims to have discovered a, well, call it a secret weapon, a unique sequence a new method of looking at the game that purports to help the player improve their chances of winning. We're going to talk to him about it. His name is Joe Palumbo. Joe, are you there? Yes, I am, Ashley. So tell us, Joe, about how you came to put this book together and what it is you're trying to do in Texas Hold'em New Formula. Well, to start off, um, I, I discovered this method during a charity uh, tournament play 
which Danny Negrano hosted. Um, he actually was the guest host, uh, 300 entrants. And I was, uh, I was second seating. There was 300 entrants, so 150 had to be seated, and there wasn't enough room for the other 150. Second coming of the seating, I had to wait for about an hour and a half, and um, I walked around table to table, looked around dealers, players, et cetera, et cetera. And I noticed something. I noticed something very different by watching. Every table was the same but different, uh, meaning that when, whenever I, I noticed the dealer dealing, there was a sequence happening. And I, I can't uh, get into the specifics of it or else it'll, it'll tell you everything uh, that's in my book. And uh, I like to try and tell everybody in my book uh, about it. So what happened with this is <clears throat> I ended up winning this tournament based on that theory. It, it, it's quite logical, actually, and it's quite simple to utilize. Um, what happened is uh, people, people believe there's 52 cards, but really there isn't. 52 cards is, is based on, 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 on four of a kind in each card. So you've got to break that down to uh, divide it by four because of that, so that equals 13. So there's 13 actual cards in a deck. Uh, so after, after we u- utilize that, uh, a tournament play is, uh, has 10 players. They try and, they try and uh, uh, keep uh, 10 players a tournament uh, game and also cash games. So each player has two cards, obviously, as we all know. Now, having, having said that, that's 20 cards. We know there's only 13 digits in a deck of poker cards. So seven, seven out of those 20 cards are going to be equal to one of the other player's cards, or um, break it down to a ratio, they can have pocket pairs. I bring it down to another uh, 20% of that, so that equals 11 digits we're working on, from 13 to 11, based on the uh, 10 players. Now, I break it down even further uh, from that uh, in my book. And I, that's the formula. The rest of the formula is based in the book. I break it down to a, to a rhythm, and um, it breaks it down to another, uh, breaks it down completely to 5%. So your chances of, my, of, of, uh, of winning is a lot better, uh, and, and you have a, a more edge towards the game because it's all a rhythmic method. It's, it's based on logic and math. And okay. it's, uh, I, I removed all the math from my book to, 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 to kind of make it as a, an easier read to the, to, uh, to the reader uh, so, and, uh, and just, to, just to embrace a new method. And it seems to be working. Um, I'm about 75% correct. The other 20, 25 is, uh, is just... Uh, uh, normal play. Um, okay, let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna drill down a little bit because I did read the book. And by the way, it's very well advertised as an hour read. That it's not something you have to study for a long period of time. But I got to tell you, Joe, if we're going to continue with the interview, I'm going to have to talk about what's in the book. I mean, this is not going to be. If you want to learn what's in the book, uh, read the book. People are going to read the book listening to this show because they think what we're talking about, the subject area, is intriguing to them. But I can't – I don't want to mislead you. We're not going to have an interview where I'm not going to talk about what your theory is. I want to make sure – and if that's not okay, that's all right. I mean, we don't have to do a show on it. But Mm -hmm. I just want you to know that I've read it, and I think I understand what the formula is. And I want to talk to you about it because it kind of flies in the face of the traditional thinking about cards. And I want to make sure that I've gotten the point correctly. Does that make sense to you? Can we talk about it? Do you mind? Well, are you getting right into the specifics of yeah, my formula? That's correct. Okay. Because if, um, I, if I don't, we don't really have a show. Uh, I'm okay. not going to, you know, but if you want to leave... If you want to leave this and say, no, you know, I really don't want to disclose it on the radio and let people read about it only, that's okay. No hard feelings, and we won't air the show. We'll just uh, have, you know, you can just try to have your book be the place that people will learn about it. Not a problem. Actually, you know best. Okay, Uh, fair enough. Okay, good. So here's here's what I – 
think you're trying to say that you discovered that the flop and maybe to some degree the turn and the river can be at least somewhat predicted based on the high or middle or low cards that were in the prior few hands that were played. Is that a fair generalization? That is actually correct. Okay. 100%. So in, in some ways, then, this is kind of like the person who plays roulette. And I realize that poker is a game of skill and roulette is a game of luck. But to some extent, isn't this kind of like the player who plays roulette and he sees that red has come up five or six times in a row, and so he surmises that because of the law of averages, black is more likely than not to come up next. Well, I believe that's common sense. However, my theory brings it down uh, a better, to a better percentage, a less percentage. It almost brings it down to, uh, to uh, maybe 8% ratio of 52 cards. So my, my percentage ratio is a, is a lot better than roulette. Okay, fair enough. So you've estimated the percentage possibility that you're right or that it's going to be better than random. But let me ask you this, because this is something that had me scratching my head as I read through the book. If I have an automatic shuffler and my automatic shuffler uh, or even a dealer shuffle uh, twice and then a riffle and then another shuffle and I'm dealing the cards, how can those cards retain any memory of what the prior hands were when I'm dealing a new hand? It, it, it's all based on mathematics. It doesn't matter who shuffles. It's based on one deck of cards, and and it's like one deck of blackjack cards. Um, people can card count in one deck. This is not card counting. It's based on uh, uh, probability, and it's all math. It's all done mathematically, and it brings it down to to percentage ratios, and it doesn't matter how many people at the table. It doesn't matter who, how, who, how many times you deal it. The probabilities are there. It's going to change. Not you, you notice in one flop or one turn, one river are never the same. It's very rare. So, be, having said that, it's, uh, the, 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 it seems to be a sequence to that. And I'm attempting to show everybody that there is a sequence. Based on my racials. So you think that there's a – so it's more likely than not that if you had a, let's say, a jack, a three, and a deuce, that would be a high card and two low cards. Correct. That the next hand, there is a greater likelihood that you won't have a high card and two low cards. And so if you're looking at your two whole cards and you have two middle whole cards, you're thinking, well, there was no middle card in the last flop so it's at least slightly more likely that I'm going to hit middle cards. Well, what I'm trying to suggest is it, it, it's going to change. It's going to, it's going to happen. 100% it's going to change from that last flop. I'm trying, I'm trying to show everybody what that next flop will be, and, 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 and it has a sequence. So, yes, um, it, the next cards could be, uh, two high cards, one low, um, and and that seems to be a sequence. And then the next next flop after that will be three high cards, and so on and so on. Uh, the sequence seems to work something like that. But it's not just a sequence in retrospect. You're saying that you can prospectively, looking at the cards to come, predict with some accuracy what the flops will be going forward. That's a, In a way, you are correct. However, I can't pinpoint what the actual card will be. I can pinpoint the, the type of card, whether it be a low card, medium card, or high card. Okay, let me ask you this, and I, I'm not trying to be persnickety. I'm, this is actually something that I would be interested in doing. If you were to have um, predictions based on completely random uh, selection, so you just uh, had a three options, and at random it was you're going to say medium, high, or low. 
And that would be one way of predicting. You would just randomly, let's say, a three-sided die. Um, and you're going to roll the die, and you're going to just use that to determine what the flop is going to be. And if it comes out one low, one low, and one high, that's your prediction. Not right. based, not at all based on what the prior cards were, but just based on completely random selection. And then, so you you chart the accuracy of completely random selection versus what the flops were. And then we used, yes. then we used your method which was to use the prior flops to help determine what the future flops would be. Do you think you would do better with your method than completely random uh, selection? 100%. Okay. Would you be willing to do a test? Yes, no problem. I have tested it. You, you, you have, be the first. So you have tested it and you have the test results that show that you have better than random uh, outcome with your, using Absolutely. your method. Wow. I'm incorrect 25%. Correct 75%. And what would random correctness be? If I just did it randomly without any consideration of the prior, what would, what would be that? That would be your control group. You'd be correct uh, 33% of the time, I guess, right? Well, I haven't tested that, that ratio. I've tested only my, my, my sequence. So you find that you're correct 75% of the time. Yes, absolutely. Wow. Uh, if you if you attempt uh, to try this at your kitchen table, you'll find the same the, the same sequence work at seventy five percent. Wow. Well, there you have it. Now, have you been applying your knowledge to the to live poker games? Yes, I have, of course. And what's your what's your success? Are you making well, thousands or I'm millions of dollars? Player, no, I'm just a casual player. As you stated, um, just an average uh, average Joe, and and uh, I, I I've attempted it with the local local casinos here in. Uh, Do you play at Casino Rama? Um, not much there. No, I I played uh, I played in Fallsview. Oh, in Niagara in, uh, Falls. Yes, I've yes. played there. I played in in Foxwood, Connecticut. Um, I played. I played uh, Blue Heron here and in, in outside of Toronto also, and I've came in fourth, fifth, seventh, tenth, uh, first. Um, as I was saying, the first time I, I applied it, I came in first at uh, three hundred entrance. Right. Um, Do you play yes, ca- I won some money. Do you play I, cash I games? Uh, I haven't played any cash games, Bill. I really hadn't had time yet. I'm planning to. <laughs> I feel at this point, I haven't had the time. Just tournaments at this point. Now, do you have a full-time job in addition to uh, being a writer and poker player? Yeah, of course I do. Yes, I do. What do you, What do you do, Joe? What kind of work? I'm I'm a home renovator, and uh, I uh, own three uh, three industrial patents. Wow. Um, yes, and I've, I've uh, worked with uh, I worked with professors regarding my patents, so they taught me a lot about mathematical ratios. Well, you should patent this uh, poker system and uh, and sell it if it's successful. I guess that's what your book is. That's my book. Well, yes, next time you're down in Connecticut, please look me up. I play there regularly. I'm at Foxwoods just about every week, if not more than once a week. And uh, who knows, oh. maybe we've actually played with each other. Well, I don't know about that. I've just uh, been there once. I, I tried to play in a, the April tournament. I believe it was an April tournament. Yes, you're right. There is. Um, but I had my family there, so I didn't play too much. I just uh, I just tried to win some satellites and um, and the smaller smaller satellites, and I've been successful. So I don't have a problem with that. But uh, having having uh, done this ratio uh, method, I plan to play a lot more and I, and, yeah. and get out there a lot more in the casinos. Well, if you can predict the flop with seventy five percent accuracy, I don't see why you wouldn't be playing your way up to the very biggest games and making millions of dollars because, my God, nobody else yes. can do that. And you should be able That's to, like, if you know what the flop's going to be, even if you only know with a tiny percentage advantage over randomness, you could be a multi-multi-millionaire by the end of the year. Well, this is brand new to, to myself also. My family has mentioned that. Why don't you just get out there and play? There you go. That's right. Prove all the critics wrong. I am planning to do that. Well, I I would love to follow your exploits. Keep me posted. We'd love to have you back on when you win the main event. 
Oh, <laughs> hopefully so. I might see you at the tables in the final one anyways. All right. Well, Joe, very nice talking with you. We've been talking to Joe Colombo, Joe Palumbo, and he is the author of Texas Hold'em New Formula. How do people get this book if they want it? Um, you can go on Amazon.com, and you can go uh, search it under my name, uh, Joe Palumbo, which is J-O-E-P-A-L-U-M-B-O, or you can actually go uh, search on, under the number. It's uh, ASIN number, code number. And um, that is B O O F Q two five T one W. I think people will probably search for Joe Palumbo. But in any event, very good. I wish you success. And again, I hope to have you back on when you're a multimillionaire based on your new formula. <laughs> Thank you, Ashley. Okay, take care, Joe. Li- uh, listeners, we're going to be right back after a quick break. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyon, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's jerseymanmagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. Are you still shopping the old-fashioned way? Well, then buzz on over to Beezit.com. Beezit is your number one online auction source for brand-name new items from companies like Apple, Sony, Canon, Dyson, Samsung, and more at discounts of 75 85 and 99% off retail. Go to Beezit.com and use the offer code VIP and get three bids for the price of one. That's offer code VIP to get three bids for the price of one. Go to Beezit.com, B-E-E-Z-I-D.com, Beezit.com. The key to winning poker is knowledge, and winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by World Series of Poker veteran Ashley Adams, can give you that knowledge. Cash games, small tournaments, whether you're a seasoned player, a novice, or just find yourself losing more often than you win, winning No Limit Hold'em can show every type of player how to consistently win at the game of No Limit Hold'em. You know it's been said that winning isn't everything, but it sure feels a whole lot better than losing. Get winning No Limit Hold'em, the new book by Ashley Adams, and start winning today. Now available at Amazon.com and wherever great books are sold. You're listening to the House of Cards, the voice of gaming in New Jersey. Call or text the show at 609-474-4627. You're listening to the House of Cards. Join us online at houseofcardsradio.com. Because the house always wins. Play long enough, you never change the stakes. The house takes you. Unless... When that perfect hand comes along, you bet big, and then you take the house. Been practicing this speech a little bit. Did I rush? It felt like I rushed. That was good. I liked it. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ashley Adams, filled with chloraseptic, Robitussin, <laughs> uh, Simeostatin and every other kind of drug to make yeah, I think, me. I think this was just cold. halls that I and, gave and you. And then you just gave me halls. halls. <laughs> uh, this is House of Cards. I'm joined in studio by my healthy producer, Dave Weishattle. Well, I, I had the cough drops to give you, so I'm not that healthy. Uh, that okay, a, that's hey, true. Do our voices sound better now that we're yeah. sick as dogs? Hey, Doug, do we? Sound. Sounds great, doesn't it? I think so. <laughs> so what's cooking this week on Mailbag? Well, i got to ask you, man. I was down in New Jersey last week, and I there was a revelation. I went to uh, lunch at a place, and I saw these bar or tavern leagues or whatever you call them, pub leagues. And I, I just, wow, it's interesting. I picked up a pamphlet, and uh, I started to notice them. They're all 
over the place in New Jersey. And I, I know you uh, set up charity events, I guess, all around the country. Or I, I just wanted to know more about these publics that, you know. Well, the publics have nothing to do with charity poker. Yeah, I noticed that. I mean, that's that's true. I, yeah. I do do a lot of uh, charity poker tournaments. But the pub leagues, we actually have had people on to talk about them. I don't know. Maybe you weren't listening. Well, actually, the uh, – was that <laughs> Hatteras the, Island. Hatteras, Hatteras Island uh, Poker League, wonderful. We had the winner on of this past year, and we've had the guy that organizes the tournament. Um, the way it works is typically a uh, league will have events – at different bars or restaurants. Yeah. The bar or restaurant allows the tournament to take place because it brings in buyers of alcohol and food. Yeah. Yeah. There are no entry fees typically. There's mm-hmm. an exception in Massachusetts, which we'll talk about. Uh, players come because it's free. The prizes are usually of three varieties. One is you get points based on how you finish. Yep. That can be used for a final event that has some larger-than-typical prize. Maybe it's a few hundred dollars. Maybe it's a free trip to Las Vegas. Maybe it's a seat in a main tournament. Yep. No, and no, then on the this night... This one that this one has. Yeah. You... Oh, what, what's the, what, what is the name of that tour? This one's the World Tavern Poker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're all is, over. Uh, oh, yeah, no, they're it's just... You can win seats at the World Series yep. of Poker. They have an app. My God, we don't even have an app. Why don't we have an Why app? Why don't we have an app? Doug, I want an app. But... The, the thing that's appealing is you get the, this camaraderie with people you see all the time. And since each tournament gives out points, there's an incentive to play a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you aren't very good, if you play every tournament they have, let's say like the Hatteras uh, Poker League, Hatteras Island Poker League has uh, three or four tournaments a week okay. at different venues. If you play in every one, just the law of averages says you're going to get enough points to make it to the final event. Plus, they have prizes, usually very small, for uh, winning or finishing second or third in that daily event. So you can win 25 bucks of uh, bar comps or maybe a $50 gift certificate or, uh, you know, uh, American Express gift card, stuff like that. So they're fun. They're legal, usually. Yeah, there are yeah. a couple of places that don't allow even that level of gambling. Oh, really? that, like like where? I just well, stay like, away from there. Like Tennessee and Kentucky, okay. uh, they say that even if there's a prize of value, even if there's no buy-in, it's still gambling under the law, and you are competing for something of value with uh, an uncertain outcome. So it's gambling. Yeah, so they don't allow it, and probably a few other places. Utah, I don't think allows them. Uh, Hawaii probably doesn't yeah. allow them. But I heard, anyway, I heard the general rule was it's gambling when there's money in and money out. I well, guess the way they get around it, it's free. There's no and money in. No money in. Right. And it's a point system. Wink, wink. Right. So it's it's not dollars. Right. Now, the Eastern Poker League, I think that's what they're called, the one that's in Massachusetts and Rhode Island, they have an entry fee of sorts. What you do is you buy the buffet. Okay. <laughs> I played in one of these events in Rhode Island. It was great. Mm-hmm. It was great. You know, not particularly high level of competition, which is good. You know, yeah. I'm a little tired of the everybody being a shark at Foxwoods or Mohegan. And uh, here, you have a lot of casual players. People come with their spouses. They come with their parents, their kids, uh, as long as they're 21 or older. They drink a lot. And there's a lot of camaraderie. But here, you buy the uh, the buffet for $25. Oh, okay. But the buffet is typically worth $3, right? <laughs> it's like a sub sandwich yeah. okay. and salad. And that's you know, 25 bucks well, or 15 Really small bucks. meatballs kind of thing? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, for what it is, it's fine, but you're paying a lot more than that. And then they take the money and they give out cash prizes as well as points. So different variations. I love it. It allows poker to exist in a lot of places where it's otherwise illegal. I played in one of these games in Atlanta, Georgia. It was the only mm-hmm. action I could find. I played in one of these games, a couple of these games in Tennessee, um, a few other states, Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I liked it, so I'm I, all for it. I, I definitely have to check it out. I mean, all I, I saw, I picked it up the in uh, the pamphlet, and I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it, I, it's uh, an excuse to go out with your buddies and have a good time. It's not really very serious competition. Though, of the t- best players in these leagues, you'll find people that are every bit as good as the best players that go down to Foxwoods or anywhere else. Hmm. Sounds good. 
What else well, we got? We have questions from Nevada and New Jersey because based on online gaming, I gave you a, kind of a hint before yeah, I came yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, since the indictments, and there was tons of books on how to play and win online poker, and since the indictments, they were all pulled from the shelves. Now people in Nevada and New Jersey are getting online gaming back, and they want to know where can we pick up some books or some study aids, or do you know some web websites that will help them out in online gaming, just to get them back in the swing of things again? Well, there are, all they got to do is go on uh, Google and Google Internet Poker Strategy. But I'll tell you right now, and I'm uh, boasting a bit, the book that I wrote mm -hmm. called Winning No Limit Hold'em prepares people for the kind of games they're going to find on the Internet. Uh, I have a chapter on Internet poker. It's about beating low-limit games, and I think that what you're going to find, especially when these sites start, are a lot of low-limit players, not very good players, who are playing online much for the first time. The higher-limit guys, the guys that were professionals, they're not playing in the Five cent, ten cent, a <laughs> uh, fifty cent, dollar, dollar two, two three, two four, or three even three six games that are limited to Nevada residents. They've moved to Canada. They're playing higher limits. They want uh, bigger fields in the tournaments. So I would recommend my book, Winning No Limit Hold'em. There are lots of other resources out there. Frankly, I'm not going to pitch them. Uh, I don't have a list in front of me, uh, but you can go online and you can do research and see. Um, what others think of the different books and where they were. What's interesting is that this is a new phenomenon, the intrastate yeah, poker games. Yeah. And uh, it'll be interesting to see the level of competition and the quality develop. I suspect now they are going to be relatively easy picking for the good low-limit player. And, you know, again, not to unduly boast, but my book is geared for those very kinds of games. So winning No Limit Hold'em, <laughs> available now at Amazon.com. And they just discounted it, by the way, uh, to add... Uh, more information than people may want. They just reduced the price of my book from $20 to $14 and change wow. on Amazon.com. That's winning No Limit Hold'em <laughs> by Ashley Adams. I I will mention one book because it's just a funny story. Go ahead. I went to the Hamilton Township Public Library. They were having a sale. Where is Hamilton Township? Uh, it's in the center of New Jersey, near okay. Princeton, Trenton, that kind of area. Pennington. Pennington, right there. I, I picked up Online Poker by Doyle Brunson. For a dollar. Yeah, I have that. <laughs> it's, um, it, it's certainly so. not going to do you any harm, and uh, I, I think the book was, I'm I mean, guessing it, it, it was ghostwritten. Is, is it still, the techniques and the, the games are the same? Are the same? It's, it's the same. It's the, there are a few differences that are relatively subtle uh, because you don't have the ability, of course, to read tells on folks. But at the lower limit levels, the kind of tells that you're going to pick up are pretty insignificant anyway. You're usually looking for betting patterns. You're looking for the general style of player you're against. Online poker is exploitable because you can keep track of that information automatically uh, by tracking your opponents. There are poker tracker software yeah. that you yeah. can use and you can flag the fish and the sharks so you can avoid the sharks. You can keep track of how often somebody continuation bets or three bets or uh, comes out raising after they've uh, checked, you know, whatever. You can keep track of those stats you can try to get some tells based on the timing, how long people take to act. But the game of poker is still the game of poker. Learning a rudimentary strategy mm -hmm. first, then getting better by uh, figuring out what certain moves means, what certain moves mean for different types of opponents is going to allow you to exploit the bad players, and that's the name of the game at Low Limit Hold'em. All right. Well, I think it? that's all we got. Okay. Well, we're going we're gonna to end uh, this segment of, uh, of House of Cards and Mailbag, and we'll be back next week. Until then... Good luck and goodbye.
Are you or a loved one currently suffering from arthritis, COPD, or other chronic conditions and can't get relief from current treatments? If so, there may be another option. Local physicians are conducting research studies in your area today, and you may be eligible to receive up to $1,300 in compensation for participation. These studies are confidential and are taking place for a limited time. Call 855-912-PAIN, 855-912-PAIN today to see if you qualify. Health insurance is not required. Call 855-912-7246. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.